to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's get into the word this morning. We're going to be in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8. We're reading verses 1 through 9. Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 9. Amen. And if you have it, you can follow along. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. You can also follow along on the screen. It says this, The whole commandment that I command you today shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give you to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commands or not. And he humbled you, and he let you hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. Man, that sounds good after being in the wilderness for 40 years. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills can dig copper and you shall eat and be full and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given to you. Amen. Did you receive that this morning? Why don't we pray over this word? Heavenly Father, we thank you, my God, this morning, first of all, for bringing us here into your presence, my God. We thank you, my God, because we live in a nation where we have a freedom of religion, Father God. We can, we can practice and we can worship you, my God, freely. And we thank you for that, Father God. And I pray that this morning, as this word is spoken, my God, it is merely from my mouth, my God, but it is from your word. And I thank you, my God, for what you're going to do through it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So last week, we talked about, uh, we talked about the first point in our mission as a church. We thrive, we, we, we strive to be a church that is moved, led, and empowered by the Holy Spirit, right? And uh, so last week we talked about movement, and we talked about how movement is, is good, but it's got to be the right movement. As individuals and as, as a church, we want to be moved by the Spirit of God, not by our emotions, not by pressure, not by influence of others, but by His Spirit, Amen. And we're in this series because I want you to understand the meaning behind this, this mission. I don't want it just to, to sound good. We're also making, we, we made some shirts that will be available on the 22nd that say move, let, empowered. It's, they look great, by the way. But we don't want you just to look great. We want you to live in it. And so that's why we're in this season uh, or this, this series. And, and you can go back and you can listen to the podcast if you, if you missed it last week. But today we're talking about the next point. In our mission, which is to be a church that is led by the spirit, led by the spirit. Now, you might be thinking to yourself that being moved and being led are synonymous. Like, What's the difference? Um, there is a difference. And I want to talk about that before we get too deep into the word. There's I'm going to try not to be too long 
last week, my mom commented on my, um, my, my length of sermons as of late. She said, you've been preaching a, a while. You've been, you did not say that. You did say that. Okay. My dad said it. One of y'all, one of y'all said it. We'll talk about it later, but they, they, they talked about how my, my sermons were getting a little bit longer and I went to the podcast just to see the time and you know, about, it was about 35 minutes. And I was like, man, it's, that is longer. You know, um, when I first started preaching my, 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 my notes were four pages and then there were six pages and then seven pages. And over the past about eight, uh, uh, about a year or two, they've been about eight pages. That's kind of been the norm. And over the past few weeks, they've been 12 pages. Uh, so <laughs> I, I've, I've, I'm used to sitting in, in services where the preacher's like two hours long. Okay. So 35 minutes ain't nothing. Uh, but, uh, anyways, there's, I'm going I'm to try to be a little bit shorter, but there's a, there's a difference between being moved by something and being led by something, right? Because, uh, being moved by the wrong thing can make you make dangerous decisions, right? Bad decisions that can lead to regret, um, being moved by your emotions, for example, can make you make an impulse purchase, and then immediately you have buyer's remorse, right? Um, we put in an offer on, on a house this week. You know, our, our family is growing. We need uh, more space, like, immediately. And, uh, you know, everything, praise God for, like, the first time. And, I, you know, I, I'm going to praise God, but I shouldn't speak too soon because it's not done yet. But everything seems to be going according to plan. Um, we, we sold our house early last year and our plan was to this year, we were going to, we we're going to move into our, our next home and we we're going to rent for a year and, and, uh, we were going to put an offer on the house. So all, all last year we were just, Zillow was our favorite app, right? And we were just browsing through Zillow and, and looking at all, looking at all these houses and, and dreaming and, and, uh, we went, we would go look at houses, you know, whenever we had time, that's, that, that was easy for us to do because Melissa is a realtor so we can get into to these houses and, and so we were, we were ready the entire year. And, and now when, when the moment got real, we put in an offer on the, on the house and Melissa, um, comes back into the living room and she, she's talking to the, to the selling agent and she says they, they accepted our offer. And she said in that moment, my, my face was one of disappointment. Like you would have thought that I would, I got excited and started jumping for joy, but I actually kind of got a little scared for a moment because I had a brief thought that, is this the right move? You know, we just, I mean, after, after a year of, of thinking that this was going to happen, now I'm kind of afraid they accepted our offer. Is this, is this the right move? Being moved by things often results in impulsive decisions. So I was, I was a little afraid. And so I got a little freaked out. And, you know, after the whole year of planning this, it just got real, but praise God, we're excited now. Um, we're ready to move into our new home. We might be hitting some of y'all up if you own a truck. So, uh, just be ready. Um, be ready to serve your pastor. I meant, uh, <laughs> um, but, but being led by something is a little bit different because being led runs a little bit deeper. Um, because when you're led by something, it just, does, it doesn't just affect your decisions. It affects your lifestyle. Um, it's a more permanent state as opposed to when you're just moved by something. You can be moved into sin because of a temptation. And as Christians, constant, we're, we're, we're constantly trying to put ourselves in the spirit so that we're not moved by, by a moment of weakness. That, 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 that's what happens. We get into these moments of weakness. We're, we're moved by the smell of that juicy 
burger and it, and it's got fries and it's got all types of sauce all over it and you're you just you're looking at it and you want it and we're moved in that moment by it but if what leads you in your life is not the spirit then you're probably not walking daily in the spirit and most likely living a lifestyle that is outside of God's plan for you it's bigger than what you're moved by in other words being led by something often has deeper consequences because what you're led what you're led by defines your character paul tells the galatians he says walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh the the verb for walk um, is the greek word perpateo which means to behave in a manner or to be led by so paul is saying be led by the spirit it's a, it's a command by the apostle that indicates permanence to always be constantly without end. Be led by the spirit of God. He also writes in Romans 18, he says, for all those who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. That's true because the moment that someone receives Christ, they also receive the Holy Spirit. You can't have salvation without the Holy Spirit. He, he is the one who regenerates. He is the one who sanctifies. He is the one who, who leads you into the things of the Spirit, right? And so the moment that someone accepts Christ, you also accept the Holy Spirit. That means by default, as children of the living God, we are being led by the Holy Spirit. And as I prepared this message, I came across this quote. A very well-known Bible, uh, Bible scholar and commentator, he says, Believers don't really need to pray for the Spirit's leading because he's already doing that. Instead, he says, they need to seek for willingness and obedience to follow his leading. Now, this is a very common prayer of mine. I have prayed countless times, Lord, lead me. Lord, give me direction. Lord, show me the way. Guide me. Which way do I go? And that's, that's an honest prayer, right? It's a good prayer. But I started thinking about this. If, if you came up to me and you said, and you said to me, pastor, lead this church. Pastor, bring vision to this church. Pastor, uh, guide us, guide us, lead the leaders, lead, lead the members, do it. I might take that as an indication that you didn't think that I, I w- was already doing that. I might think, uh, I thought I was doing that, brother. Yeah. We, are, we, we, we can't forget that God, he is always leading us into the ways of the everlasting. His word says that he maketh me lie down in green pastures. He's working all things for my good. He's working to produce in me fruit and spiritual endurance. That is his job. That is the, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. That is literally why Jesus sent him to lead us into the things of the spirit. So maybe we switch our prayer every now and then from God's leadership, which is stellar, by the way, to our ability to follow his leadership. Instead of, Lord, lead me, maybe, Lord, help me follow your guidance. Because, as we'll see, to follow his leadership isn't always the easiest thing to do. So what you're led by will have an even deeper impact than, by, than what you're moved by. Um, this passage that we just read, one thing I really like about it is that it teaches us, if you read it, it teaches us a lot about God's character and a lot about his his leadership, how he deals with his people. 
right? Um, how he deals when, when he's commanding them to go into certain directions, right? It also teaches us a lot about ourselves. And, and, and I encourage you to read it, read it with, with, with just a, a little bit of analysis to, to learn more about God and to learn more about his people. I think God sees a little bit more endurance in us than we see in ourselves sometimes. We discredit ourselves sometimes. We think that we're inadequate, far, far too much. And, but God knows that you can handle the thing that you think you can't handle. And that's why God is not afraid to lead us into desolate places like the wilderness. So if you have a desire to be led by the spirit of God this morning, we have to understand the process, the process of how his leadership works. Um, in the United States, we've been, we've become accustomed to democracy, right? We, we, we vote for the ones who we want to lead us. This past week was Super Tuesday. I think millions and millions of people went out to vote for leadership. This church had to come together to vote me in before I could be uh, the official pastor. Um, your voice matters when it comes to leadership. You might choose to leave your company because of, of the leadership. It's often been said that, that people don't leave companies. They, they leave bosses, right? They leave managers, So we've become accustomed to customizing leadership in our own individual lives. If we don't like what the pastor's doing, that's cool. I can leave. I can leave the church. I can go somewhere else. I I didn't really like the way that my dad was running the household when I was eight years old. And so I threatened to leave and I packed my stuff and and I I packed some snacks for the next few days because, you know, I was going to be out in the wilderness um, and, and I brought my backpack and I went downstairs and, and my dad was there to see me out. He opened the door for me. He said, bye. <laughs> we want to, we want to control who leads us and how they lead us. It's like, we want to lead leadership. If that makes any sense. The thing about the Christian life though, is that the spirit's leadership, one is not always going to be comfortable. Can I just tell someone this morning? Can I just let you know? Can I just burst your bubble? It's not always going to be comfortable. And we don't get to dictate how God leads us. We don't get to take, we don't get to tell God, God, take me there, please. This way. It's like, it's like we want God to be in our driver's seat because, you know, we want to give him control, but then we want to tell him which way to go. It's like, you could be the driver, but, but you're the Uber driver, right? You know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to lead you from the back seat. I'm going to let you know where, where I want to go. Right. And, and there, there is no democracy in the kingdom of God. There's only theocracy in which Jesus rules over his creation. You can't accept Christ as savior and not also accept him as your Lord. He has to be both. And, and, and so this has created problems for people because of this discomfort, a lot of times people who receive Christ don't keep Christ because he's leading me into the unknown. He's leading, he's taking me places that I, I never thought I'd find myself in and it's uncomfortable and I don't like it. Now it's not, it's not like that at first, right? Like at first it's all good. It's new. It's like Jesus comes with his own new car smell, right? Tell everybody about it. You're excited about it. You want everyone to come in. Hop on in. Let's go to church. No drinks in my car. No food in my car because you're taking care of it, right? And, and, and then after about a year or so, that new car smell fades away. That's always so sad. And now it don't shine like it used to. Got a few dings on it. Got to do maintenance on it. You didn't have to do maintenance before. It was good for like a year, you know. 
You didn't have to get your sticker changed for like two years. Man, praise God. But now it's different. And why is it different? Because there's maturity taking place. And whenever maturity takes place, it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. Maturity is expected of you now. And you can't mature until you've gone through some experiences. I, I don't know if I'm preaching anybody this morning. You can't mature. You can't get to the, new, to the next level without going through some experiences. It's not just going to be handed to you. So a lot of people abandon their faith because they're not happy with where the spirit is leading them. And so if we go back to this passage here, Deuteronomy chapter eight, like I said, it teaches us a great lesson about God's leadership. What's happening here? God is about to bring forth a blessing to his people. They're about to enter the promised land. This is a moment of celebration. It's a moment of, of rejoicing. Man, doesn't it feel good when God answers your prayer, man? It feels good. When you're having a good day, it just reinforces your belief that you serve a good God. Because it's in the good times when we're able to see more clearly. We're able to see what God is doing. I like what Pastor Damaris said this morning. She said, it's not, it's not he's going to do anymore. It's, it's he's doing it. And I'm in agreement with that because we can, we can see it. I haven't been able to shake off this, this feeling lately that, man, we, as a church, we're in a good season. We haven't always been in a good season. Sometimes we've, we've gone through the desert, we've gone through the wilderness, we've gone through some heartache, we've gone through some division, we've gone through all kinds of stuff, but now we're in a good season. We're, we're seeing, I don't know if you notice, but we're, we're seeing some growth. You know, today's numbers are a little bit, maybe a little bit lower because coronavirus, you know, but, but, uh, but we've, over the past few weeks from up here, man, it's, it's, we've been a little bit more fuller. Our church giving has been going up over the past several months. We're seeing vibrant ministries, a healthy leadership team, man, that I praise God for every single day. We're in a good moment in our church right now. And when things are good, it's easy to celebrate. When the spirit of God takes you out of the fire and he's leading you into a moment of victory and you're there and you're walking tall and no one can touch you and nothing can faze you and your confidence levels are at an all time high. And we're so grateful and we're praising God for the victory. But I love what God does here. He reminds them of where they came from because you weren't always here. It wasn't always good. It wasn't always a time to celebrate. Sometimes it was a time to mourn. Sometimes it was a season of tears. Sometimes it was a season of anger. It wasn't always good. And so I need to remind you of where you came from. Can I just tell someone this morning, man, don't you ever forget where you came from. Don't do it. That's one of those things that we just try to block from our memories every time we go through a bad experience. We just we don't want to think about it anymore. But where you came from led you to where you are. If you didn't go through that, you'd be somewhere else. You wouldn't be where you are today. Maybe you had to go through the sickness to understand the power of the healing God. Maybe you had to experience a death in your family to experience God in a new way. Maybe you had to go through your marriage issues so that today you could have a marriage that is worth celebrating. And you can see the goodness of what God has done through the adversity. Come on. You've been through the storm. You've been shipwrecked, but man, you made it out alive. We try to forget where we used to be sometimes. There was a flip last year that we did. The worst flip of my life. It was our third one. It was one of the biggest nightmares, man. I, I, the most stress I had ever been in my life. And I, I, I can't even literally, I can't even say the street name without 
all these negative emotions come rushing in. You can ask my partner Santos, man. He'll, he'll tell you the same thing. But you know what? I'm glad we went through it because it taught us something. It made us better. It made us stronger. It made us wiser. Don't forget where you were. Verse 2 says, remember that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. I'm going to read that again for those who missed it. Remember that the Lord your God has what? Led you. Led you these how many years? 40. Man. In the where? Come on. 40 years in the wilderness because of you, God. Because of you. We don't like, we, we don't like to give credit to God for the bad things because we're like, oh, God, God can never do anything bad. But you know what? God uses adversity. So, so maybe we should give credit to God when we're in the wilderness because he's doing something. I don't know what it is. I can't see above all of the trees. I can't see above all of the fog and the clouds, but I know that he's doing something. I know that I'm in the wilderness because he stuck me in the wilderness. In other words, God didn't just lead them out of the wilderness. He also led them into the wilderness. Jesus in Luke chapter four was also led by the spirit into the wilderness to face temptation. See, someone needs to understand this morning that God doesn't only lead you to peace. He also leads you in chaos. But, but he does it because we can't have victory without first participating in the battle. Strength only comes after the weakness. Faith is only made stronger after it's had an opportunity to take a hit and bruise and grow. Faith is like a muscle. It's like a muscle. It has to be exercised in order, it, in, in order for it to grow. If you're not battling it out, if you're not feeling the pain of faith, if you're not feeling fatigue and you're not getting weaker and tired because the journey has just been so long and so rough, your faith is never going to grow. Faith is grown out of moments of doubt and weakness. And so when God leads you into something, first he's going to test you. Verse 2 says, he did this that he might humble you. Testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you'd keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and he let you hunger. And then he fed you with manna. He lets you hunger. That's, that's the opposite of what we think of when we say, Lord, lead me. <laughs> I, I, Lord, when I pray that prayer, I am never asking you to make me hungry. <laughs> we want the result of the journey. We don't want to go. We don't want the journey. We want the result. We want the blessing wrapped up, ready to go. No assembly required, praise God. (laughs) But God doesn't lead you to the prize without first putting you through the battle. I want to ask you something this morning, church. And it's not a a trick question, okay? I'm really curious. How many of you, by show of hands, desire to be led by the Spirit? Amen. And if you're unsure, don't raise your hand. It's all good. But but, but keep them raised if if you are sure. Amen. Praise God. It's a good number. It's what I like to see. And if you're not there yet, that's okay. I believe as, as, the, the more you seek God, the more you're going to hunger for him, the more you're going to thirst for him. He's going to satisfy you once and nothing else is ever going to be satisfactory to you again. And you're going to get there. But for those of you who do, who do desire to be led by 
the spirit. I got to, I got to tell you something. If today marks day one of his leadership over your life, tomorrow you might be in the desert. You raise your hand. (laughs) I know. If the spirit is going to lead you to the things of the spirit, that means that first he's going to give you opportunities to acquire the things of the spirit. He's not just going to give them to you. He's not just going to hand them to you. He's going to give you opportunities to acquire them. And so like you, one of the, one of the fruits of the spirit is patience. Anybody need some patience this morning? Lord, come on, help us out, man. We need, we need patience. Lead me into patience. And he's going to give you patience only after putting you through a moment of testing. He's going to give you kids or something. He's going to give you a crying baby. You know what I'm saying? He's, yeah, you want patience. All right. You want peace. It's not just going to be given to you. You have to go through the chaos to acquire it. Why does God do it like that? Why not just give us the blessings? Why can't, why can't you just take me to the mountaintop? Why do I got to hike the mountain, man? The Bible tells us. Because if we can go through the wilderness and we're able to trust in God through the pain, through the discomfort, through the anxiety, through the financial hardship, through the relationship issues, we will have remained faithful to God through the bad. And that is worthy of a blessing. This is why Paul says, not only do we rejoice in our glory, we rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. There is a reason you're in your season. I didn't mean that to sound so cheesy. That was kind of cheesy. I'm sorry. I didn't write that down. I would have never wrote that down. God is getting ready to lead someone this morning into new glories. He is. But first, someone say first, he might put you through the desert. I, I, love, I love it. I love Heather and Larry, man. They, they keep on repeating. They, they just keep going. They're in agreement. He's going to lead you to new glory. He's, man, he, God, God is the God who loves his children. God is the father who wants to bless his children. But his word says, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to teach it to you first. I'm not just going to give it to you. I've already, it's already there. But you got to earn it. You got to earn it. And church, I want us to be a church that tells God, God, we don't need shortcuts. We just need you. Whatever that means, whatever that looks like, I wonder how many of us today are willing to commit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Knowing that that the first stop or the second stop or the third stop, it might not look like a blessing. It might look like the opposite of it. But he is going to lead you into a blessing. Have Will come up. I'm sorry, Angel come up, sorry. Church, that's what God does this morning. That's what God does. He, he, he leads us into new glories, even when it doesn't look like it. And I want to know this morning, how many of us are ready to say, Lord, I, w- I want to be led by you. And I want to follow your leadership. Whatever that looks like, whatever that means, I am yours. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. 
right there where you're at, I'm just going to ask that you close your eyes, you bow your head this morning. Let's reflect on this word. Let's reflect on the moment that we might find ourselves in right now. And I pray that this word just encourages you if you are in the middle of of your desert wandering and you feel lost and you don't see the end and you don't know when God is going to take you out of it. But my God, even when we can't see you, Lord, you're working. Even when we can't feel you, you're working. Because your word says that you work all things good for those that love you. And we love you this morning, God. We are a church who loves you, my God. We are a church who desires more of you, my God. So we know, my God, that we may face the battle today, but tomorrow the victory is coming. We're going to see that victory. It's already been won, my God. We just got to go through it. Remind us, my God. Remind us. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.